Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler, Mike Valverde, and Walker Kelly. Boys, how are we doing today? Did anybody mess up anybody's name in the last five minutes? No? Good. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Michigan is now in the Elite Eight and will be facing UCLA, who's 11th seed. So they should be in the Final Four. Um, unfortunately, that Final Four game will probably be against Gonzaga. And I've been following Gonzaga since 90, I want to say 95, 96, when they first entered the tournament. I've been tracking them. And I have to tell you that this is by far the best Gonzaga team I've seen. They are just on a different level. They're like Alabama college football wise. They, I don't see them losing. Even though we were talking a couple weeks ago about how I was saying Gonzaga always blows it. it I, I don't see this team losing. I really don't. They, they are that good. Yeah. I mean, my brackets busted. The Gauchos lost in the first round. So it's all over. Uh, I haven't even checked. <laughs> Walker, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, my, my bracket's not doing very well, but I did have Gonzaga winning, and yeah, I, I fully expect that to happen. They've been very easily the best team in the tournament so far, so uh, yeah, that's going well. Um, other than that, just, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. Well, I'm suspended on Twitter right now, but I guess nobody really cares about that. Yeah, when are you, when are you back? A couple days. Uh, and and uh, what what did you get suspended for? Uh, so I told Jensen Carp, the, uh, the guy who found the shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch, um, it came out that he's like really abusive to the women that he's in a relationship with. So I told him that he should, that he sucks and that I hope he chokes on his cereal and I got a seven day suspension. <laughs> That's the second funniest, uh, Twitter ban that I've heard of. I know somebody who lost their account cause, uh, Somebody mentioned uh, throwing Teddy Bridgewater under the bus, and he said, yeah, and I hope they back it over him again, because he was really not happy with him as a quarterback, and he lost his uh, he lost his account for threatening oh Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that one was more deserved than mine, to be fair. Yeah. Evan, how are you doing? Great. All right. Evan has, uh, Evan has nothing to expand on. So. <laughs> The schools are the schools are going again. Yeah, your kids are going back to school. You mentioned. Yeah, I had to go and I had to go and do an inspection though before I can recommend it. And I watched a hundred kids, five year olds in the playground, and only once in ten minutes did two of them get within three feet from each other, and a yard was right there immediately. It was they got these kids in lockstep. It's it's how, nice. How does recess even work with everybody three feet apart? Is it I, just like you can only play tetherball? I don't know. There's a lot of people chasing each other, but then being like, I can never catch you. I don't know what we're doing. Like, I don't know. But they, 99% of the teachers I talk to throughout the country, their schools are effed. It's nice that the one that isn't is the one I can send my kids to so I can finally get some relief. It sounds like the most aggravating game of tag ever would happen during this. Like, you can never get within three feet. Um but anyways, let's talk about football. Let's talk about free agency. So last week we started our free agency primer in the Patreon feed. Uh, this one is coming out on Monday instead of Friday. I had a little personal emergency. I appreciate the boys rescheduling this for me. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the guys who signed since we last talked in the Patreon feed. And again, that's patreon.com slash absurdity if you want to check it out. Three bucks a month. And um, since I botched his name on the last regular episode, I will fix it. J- Jim Kelly. 
Thank you very much for your donation. I almost said Joe Kelly again, the pitcher for the Dodgers. I had it written down. I was literally looking at it, and I screwed it up. But um, we'll go ahead and uh, keep going into the guys that have been signed since last Friday, um, since we last talked to you folks. But first, let's talk about the trades. Because the guys that have been signed this past week, small potatoes. We're talking like Chris Carson, Philip Lindsay, Kenny Galladay is probably the only name worth really talking about. But... Miami did some wheeling and dealing. So um, I'm going to just outline all the trades that Miami did, and then we'll talk about what's probably the biggest thing, which is the Niners getting number three. So the trades that the um, Dolphins did last week is they traded their number three overall pick um, from Houston to the 49ers. They get 12, the 49ers 12th pick. They get the 49ers third round compensatory pick from the Robert Sala signing. They also get the Niners 2022 first and 2023 first. Um, Miami then turned around, traded the Niners pick to Philadelphia to get uh, number six, number 156. And Philadelphia gets the 12, a 2022 first and pick 123. And I think it's the Niners first round pick, actually, that that my that uh, Philadelphia gets from Miami in 2022. So um, first thing, uh, actually, it's first thing. Let's talk about Miami. Um, are they going to run the AFC East for the next, like, is, I was going to say for the next decade, but Josh Allen is there, like, and like, how, how good are they going to be next year? And I guess my, my big question is, is they're obviously going to get a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, obviously one of the, one of the big guys. And, um, does this change anything for Tua getting this boatload of picks for 2021? I mean, I it helps. I I would expect Miami to probably be a playoff team this upcoming season. Um, they were very close this past year, and it was a pretty loaded AFC. I would expect a couple of the teams that made the playoffs to be pretty significantly worse this upcoming season. Pittsburgh and Tennessee come to mind immediately. Um, I, I certainly think that the roster looks at least as good as it was last year, if not maybe a little bit better. Um, all these draft picks should help. Obviously, having either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, whichever one they decide to take. Um, I guess Jalen Waddell might be in the mix, too. Um, but really, any of those guys, I mean, combine them with whatever you can get out of Fuller before he gets hurt. Devontae Parker is good. Mike Gesicki's good. Um, they have a bunch of running backs who are uh, fast and, and uh, can catch the ball. So... Uh, I mean, it should be a, even if Tua doesn't get much better, um, I I think you can safely assume he'll at least get a little better and, uh, they, they should be a pretty decent offense to go along with their defense, which is quite good. Uh, so I, I mean, they, yeah, their offense offense looked uh, messy last year and they still won 10 games. You know, right. and their defense is top third of the league. If they can just make a leap forward on, on offense, yeah, I definitely agree that they can make the playoffs, especially in that division. Yeah, Mike, uh, where would you sl- where are you slotting in if they take one of the, the the big wide receivers in the first round, which I think we all assume they do? Uh, where where would you slot into it next year? Is he still a QB two for you, or is he a guy that you're maybe looking at in in one quarterback drafts? No, he's still a QB, too, to me, um, until he can demonstrate otherwise. Uh, I think, you know, more weapons you have on a team, the better off you're going to be one way or the other. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, Kyle Pitts is 
pretty much a sure thing, but everybody's a sure thing coming in the first round until they prove otherwise. So even if they go out and get Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or someone that's a top flight talent, doesn't mean they're going to be a top flight talent or doesn't match with the quarterbacks or whatever. So until this resolves itself and we see progress, then I, you, you got to go with what you already have. Yeah. So, okay. So that part of it doesn't really change much. Uh, for 2021, from a, a Tua perspective, I like him a little bit more, but I'm I'm sort of in the camp where it's like he was so far out of my QB one ranks that it's like right, show me something and then I'll then I'll move you up. Um, like I said, he doesn't trust himself. His coaching staff didn't trust him last year, and he didn't trust his receivers. So why am I going to trust him until he shows me something? Um, let's talk about the Philadelphia part of this, and then we can end on the Niners because I have a feeling that's going to be the bigger discussion. So. Uh, Philadelphia gets 12. Uh, I think a lot of people, um, including people on this podcast, thought they might go they might go Pitts at six to uh, kind of rebuild that two tight end room with Zacherts leaving eventually. I mean, he's still there. They keep talking about how he's going to leave, but he's still there. Um, at 12, are they going to go out and get one of the big wide receivers and shore up that wide receiver room? Um, what do you what do you think they do with 12 Walker? Uh I, I mean, they've got to take a they've got to take a receiver, but I, I Pitts, you know, Pitts and Chase, I I guess will probably be gone at that point. That's my guess. Uh, I don't know. They might they might go. I mean, they could go Waddle if he's there. They could go Devontae Smith if he's there. Um, there's no other tight end that would that that should be going anywhere near that high. Mm-mm. Uh. But they could also um, they could also go with a high impact defensive position, you know, either corner or uh, edge rusher. Maybe you know they could take a guy like uh, Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips or Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, mm-hmm. something like that as well. Yeah, Sertan um, and Horn is an easy one across because uh, that's where the Niners were really mocked to go. One of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, the, I mean, the Eagles have a, a need at cornerback as well. So it kind of the, the, the straight across from all the, the mock drafts and projections and everything kind of works really well for them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it usually, uh, usually cut and paste isn't a good, uh, strategy. Scenario. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not it, in this case, it actually works. Yeah, it's not too far off to just yeah cut and just just uh, edit the name in your yeah. in your mock drafts, edit the team name. Yeah. So uh, so um, yeah, uh, Evan, what do you think if the Eagles go uh, one of the big wide receivers? Where will you, will you still have Goddard? Do you you have Goddard in your top five, right? Yeah, he's fifth. All right. Or fourth. If they, if they go out and get, um, say, uh, a Jamar Chase, a real ball hog type guy, uh, will he still be fifth for you, or is he dropping into the tight? What will what will it take for him to drop in the tight end middle class? I guess it would have to be like an injury. The dude is just such a freak. His forty uh, yard dash is better than the average defensive linebacker's forty yard dash, and you can see that every time you watch the field, he's just this giant body that they're trying to put a medium sized linebacker on that they just they're always a step behind so I, I i don't think so i would have to see some in the one of the two preseason games that will actually be of any use i would have to see a lot of a lot of no a lot of blocking sets regarded okay okay yeah because i'm just wondering because if they add a, a ball hog in the draft plus they took jalen rager last year who couldn't really 
get going too much um, because he uh, he got hurt. He did get a lot of targets in the games he played, I think. Um, but he he was dealing with injuries. I was just wondering if uh, what it would take to drop him out of his top five. Mike, where do you think Philly goes with this number twelve pick? Um, why not quarterback? Um, Ooh, you know they Jalen Hurts might be a quarterback that could sort of come in this year, and but they don't have. Maybe they don't have a belief that he's uh, a long-term solution, maybe like a bridge quarterback. And so they're hoping that, you know, 49ers go with Mac Jones so they can go with, you know, someone that needs a little bit more time, um, a Lance maybe, who would fit pr- pretty well in that system. Um, so, but, you know, I quarterback is something that I, I think would be a nice maneuver for them. Yeah. Um... I hope – Mac Jones is available to them at 12. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> I, I really do believe Lance is the be- better option for the 49ers. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Niners pick, which is probably the most relevant pick given um, Kyle Shanahan's offense. And uh, it's been, I'll put it gently, been probably held back by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there's a lot of talk about Mac Jones, to the Niners. There's my personal belief. I think it's going to be Justin Fields to the Niners. Um, Mike, you believe that Trey Lance is the best fit for the 49ers. And we had a discussion. I don't know if I completely disagree with you. I just think that when I pegged Trey Lance, I pegged him as kind of a high, more of a high variance guy. And I know we're going to leave the Ohio state quarterback thing out of it. Cause I, I don't believe in that, like that pipeline thing. Like, Oh, if you get an Ohio state quarterback, he's going to be bad. Like I don't believe in the pipeline thing. Those sort of things are true till they're not. Um, so, but I, I see Lance. I, I don't completely disagree with you, Mike, that Lance is a good fit. I just, I just think that he's got a, a lower floor reasonably than fields and will need some development. Um, like you said, he needs some development. This team's kind of win now. Um, so maybe they're not I mean, like maybe they're not smoke screening this thing where they say they're not going to trade Jimmy G because they're going to take Trey Lance, have him develop this year and then have him start starting in 2022. Uh, Mike, when you said that about Jalen Hurts, that like everything kind of clicked into place that maybe the Niners aren't BSing here. You know, maybe they're not BSing that they're not trading Jimmy G and they are they they do think that Trey Lance is the quarterback of their future, but they don't think he's the quarterback of 2021. So what do you think about what do you think about that evaluation of the situation, uh, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I, I that that would be perfect for them. I mean, Lance, I think, is what what fits their system, someone who's mobile and, you know, is going to be able to sh- throw those short to intermediate passes uh, with with good accuracy and can go deep, you know, reasonably well. He's not a great deep thrower, but he can get the job done. So with, with the offense that they have set right now, that would be perfect for them. Okay. Uh, Evan, what quarterback do you think the Niners are taking here? And then Walker, I'll ask you the same question. I think that they will go Justin Fields. Okay. Because then you and I will have a lot of talking points. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be good radio. All right, so you want them to take Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm in the Justin Fields camp as well. Um, There's just – there – so I'm a 49ers fan if this is the first episode you listen to. There was almost no talk of Mac Jones to the 49ers before this trade. 
And um, now everybody's just saying Mac Jones to the 49ers. Even people who at this time last month who are responsible for doing mock drafts let Mac Jones go to Washington at 19 or the Saints at 28. They just let them they just kind of let that slide by. But now that they're up at three, oh, of course, they're going to reach for Mac Jones. That's why I don't buy the Mac Jones smokescreen, because I've been following this because quarterback at 12 was a possibility. Mac Jones was a possibility for the Niners at 12. Trey Lance outside shot, but I doubted it. I don't think he's getting past Carolina probably or the Broncos, but I just, I just don't buy Mac Jones. So I think that it's going to be Justin Fields. I know there's all the smoke. I just, I'm just not buying it. It just doesn't make sense to me. So Walker, I know you sent me a DM about Mac Jones and I want to know what your opinion is on the situation. No, I don't think they're trading up for Jones either. Yeah. Um, I, Right now, I I think I'd probably go Lance just because I think they, I would just based on what they've said, you know, if you I, at this point you kind of just have to take him at their word until they go back on it and they say they're not trading Garoppolo, so I don't think it it doesn't wouldn't make much sense to draft Fields just to not play him, and it makes more sense to draft Lance and keep him sitting for a year and, you know, and the, the same thing that the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Uh, oh, we lost your Walker. All right, we lost Walker. Um, well, well, Walker's trying to figure out. Here's something interesting and something you alluded to about history, but history is always history until it actually corrects itself and it doesn't become history, especially in the sports world. So, since 1971, there's only been two seasons um, that have had three quarterbacks go in the first three picks. In 1971, Jim Plunkett went number one, then Archie Manning, then Dan Pastorini. Then 1999, so 28 years later, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Akili Smith. So just looking at history... That third quarterback, whether it's Dan Pastorini or Akili Smith, is just like, yikes. So maybe the 49ers will break it. Maybe they'll draft Akili Smith. We'll see. I did the exact same uh, research that you just did. And I want to point out that Dan Pastorini is listed as a quarterback slash punter. That's how long ago. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, Um, oh, Walker's back. So what were you saying, Walker? We lost you, so. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that uh, it's. I I just I feel like it's a. Uh, it, it's a pretty good quarterback class. Like I haven't seen a quarterback class at the top that's this stacked really probably ever. I mean, there's four legitimate. I think guys who could legitimately be franchise quarterbacks as long as they landed in a decent situation. Um. And Jones could be a you know a, a pretty good starter in his own right. So I I, I don't put any stock in the fact that it's going to be QB 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 and like you know it's not like it's not like there's like a, a universal setting where only two QBs from a draft can be good. So I think yeah. that this is going to set a record, and the first four picks will be quarterbacks. Uh, wow. Because uh, Atlanta's already like has Matt Ryan for two more years. 
and someone's going to get itchy for that last, you know, like an auction with that last running back in tier one and everybody goes nuts bidding for him. That uh, could have a situation draft day where somebody just drops a mint to trade up to number four. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, I thought you were saying Atlanta was going to take a, uh, take a. Uh, no, I think they're going to get some sweet deals. <laughs> get some sweet deals. Maybe, um, maybe Carolina or um, uh, Denver, but um, I was talking to somebody on Twitter. I forget who it was about. He was he was swearing up and down that Denver or sorry Carolina was going to give the 49ers a Godfather offer for three. And I was like, why didn't they just give the Godfather offer for my to Miami? Like, what what is what is the calculus here? You know, and um, but I mean, I could see them trading up to get a guy because um, you know they're they're not happy with their quarterback situation. So it's possible. Um, but I just don't know about doing it in division, actually. Now, or yeah, so now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that uh, the Panthers and the uh, Falcons would would do that trade. Uh, maybe think, if it was another team at four. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think the most likely team to move up to four would be New England, and then after that would be uh, Denver. There you go. New England's not about. Uh, what pick do they have? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So. Um, Oh, so geez. something even more interesting in 1980. So as I was talking about 1971, Plunkett, Manning, Pastorini went. 1980 Raiders. Um, Dan Pastorini was a starting quarterback. Gets hurt, puts in Jim Plunkett, and the rest is history. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty wild. It was also six years before I was born. If you want to feel old, <laughs> Walker, don't tell him how many years that was before you were born. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that that's pretty wild but um but yeah i think uh i mean we'll we'll probably start getting into our our draft pre- stuff for next week but yeah there's I, I agree with walker there's a lot of quarterbacks at the top that if you told me five quarterbacks went top nine i would not bat an eye i would i would not even it, it wouldn't confuse me or shock me at all if uh uh you know um because the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, and then um, whoever's left over, Mac Jones, uh, uh, Justin Fields, and um, Trey Lance, if they, you've got five quarterback needy teams in the top nine. So I'm not, I'm not shocked if if five guys go top nine. Um, sort of like a, a fast food rankings, five guys in the top nine. All right, that was a bad joke. And so, um, anything else you guys want to talk about, Mike? You want to dump on the 49ers some more for this or anything before we move on to the next one? <laughs> well, since you're bringing it up and I'm on stage now, to dump on the 49ers, I have free will to dump on the 49ers. As I have free will to dump you out of the call, buddy. <laughs> Uh, um but yeah so there was a lot the kyle shanahan i'll leave it on this kyle shanahan and um john lynch had a press conference today and i was watching some of it beforehand and um this is why i don't think the mac jones to san francisco talk means anything i think it's bluster um he says they asked him about uh moving up to three and um mike I believe it was you asked me before the podcast, what are the odds they don't take a quarterback there? The whole press conference, they they basically made the third round, the third overall pick synonymous with a quarterback. Like they were like, yeah, we're really excited to be able to get a quarterback there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't think they're not taking quarterback. But when they asked Kyle Shanahan about what kind of player he was looking at, he said, you want an elite player. Of course you can get a player that's elite with his arm, but can also run around and make plays. You see Mahomes. Everyone wants that. And then... After the Bills game last year on Monday Night Football, Kyle Shanahan was basically like, I mean, 
this is the NFL now. You either adapt or die. When they asked him about Josh, Josh Allen, said, you either adapt or die. You know, um, so all these people talking about, well, he, he had Matt Ryan, he had Kirk Cousins, he had Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, yeah, two of those guys cost him rings because of their ceiling. Like, you either adapt or die. And I think Kyle Shanahan's an adapt guy. So with those quotes, with what we've seen from him in the Super Bowls, um, not winning the Super Bowls because of that prototype, I think he's going either Fields or Lance. And Mike, we were having the discussion. You were like, well, I think that, you know, your evaluation of Trey Lance that I was like, I'm not super disagreeing with you. It's like, I just think Justin Fields is 1A and I think Trey Lance is 1B. But with your thing about Jalen Hurts, letting Trey Lance sit here and they're actually not going to trade Garoppolo, fine. But they got to get Garoppolo off the books after 2021. because They got Fred Warner to worry about. They got Nick Bosa to worry about. They have extensions to worry about. They've got George Kittle's contract suddenly becoming huge to worry about. They got Trent Williams to talk about. They can't deal with Jimmy G's $25 million a year for what he's doing if they can slot a, a rookie contract into that spot instead. So he could be on the team in 2020 or in 2021. I just don't, there's, there's not a chance in the world he's on the team in 2022. So we'll leave it at that. And Mike, I'm not giving you any more opportunity to dump on the Niners. If you do it, I'm dumping you out of the call, buddy. That's it. Uh, Mike loves the 49ers now. So uh, speaking (laughs) of 49ers, uh, let's move over to the quarterbacks. Uh, in the free agency class. So let's shift over to the free agency. Um, since we last talked, only two quarterbacks got signed. And I said, speaking of uh, 49ers, because the Niners are free of CJ Beathard. The last guy that was Kyle Shanahan's guy, CJ Beathard signs with Jacksonville two years, uh, $5 million. Doesn't matter. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I put a joke question in the doc. Is there a quarterback competition between him and Trevor Lawrence? Not going to happen. Joe Flacco signs uh, with the Eagles. Um, I think that's interesting because he's kind of a, uh, uh, you know what you're getting with Joe Flacco. Uh, and so I think they're going to turn it over to Jalen Hurts uh, for 2021 and see what they got. Um, Evan, what do you think about that, about uh, the Joe Flacco signing vis-a-vis Jalen Hurts? Do you think this is a sign of, uh, hey, we're going to roll you roll you out there this year? Or is it like, uh, this is the only guy that we could get? Yeah, that's the only guy you could get. Joe Flacco was never great. Uh, he's elite. Um, calling on memes from five years ago. He had at one point in time the highest salary. Yeah, he had the highest quarterback contract. Do you know why? Because he won the Super Bowl. Do you know who he beat in the Super Bowl? The 49ers. The 49ers, baby. And I got super sour grapes, and I said, you give a guy like Joe Flacco this contract, and you're going to have to get rid of Anquan Bolden to pay for it. And guess who was on the 49ers the next season? Anquan Bolden, baby. Yeah, so this is actually an interesting contract. Do you guys know how long this contract is? Five years. Five years with four years voiding. So I think because of the salary cap this year, we mentioned it. Lots of uh, these void years on contracts. So we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations in 2024 going like, why is Joe Flacco on the Eagles cap? Why why is that happening? But mm-hmm. that's why. Um, so either of these signings matter to, to Mike Walker. Do they matter to you guys or do you want to move on to the running backs? Uh, all I want to say is that it it makes it 100% uh, certain in my mind that Hertz is the starter week one for the Eagles. Yeah. Where do you have him? Oh, boy. Um, hold on. Let me pull it up. Okay. While you pull it up, I'll give my feelings about him. I yeah. kind of always felt like this was going to happen. So I had him 10. He's going to stay at 10 for me unless something drastically changes to the guys behind him. So... Um, I kind of felt like they were going to turn it over to him once they got rid of Wentz. So I anticipated a guy like a Joe Flacco coming in, not, you know, a superstar like a Nick Mullins type. 
For me, he's 14. 14, okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. But that 10 to 14 range is a good spot for him. Um, Evan, uh, Jalen Hurts, I forget your, your take on him. Is he, uh, is he throw a dollar at him territory? Yeah, he's got the high upside. I'll buy it for a dollar. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So let's uh, we got everybody's takes on the quarterbacks. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the running backs. And this is where the conversation actually gets meaty because there are relevant guys that have signed places and there are relevant guys that haven't signed places. So once we're done talking about the guys who have signed on the big, you know, four big positions, we'll move on to noble free agents. But first, Chris Carson resigns with Seattle. And uh, two years, $14.6 million. Only 5.5 of it is guaranteed, and it has a void year in 2023. So technically, it's a three-year deal. My question on this is, is the Rashad Penny dream dead? One of you jokers wrote, what dream, LOL, in the doc. And that was kind of the answer that I was looking for. So um, is my real question is, is, is there any ho- hope left for Rashad Penny as far as Seattle thinks for no. bringing back Chris Carson? No. No, 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 no. I was the one. I was the joker. I knew and, you were uh, the joker. <laughs> yeah. And, considering, uh, considering I've gone like two years without anybody editing these documents and you show up and all of a sudden the documents are edited, I think I figured out the culprit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very conspicuous. But yeah, uh, no. Rashad Penny is, uh, no. He, I, I, I would say DJ Dallas is probably ahead of him in the pecking order even. Uh, it's, oh, it's not even good. It's not looking good for the former first-round pick. Uh, and I'm not saying Dallas is necessarily more talented than Penny. I'm just saying that Penny never plays. And so they've completely just given up on the fact that he's he's just not going to be out there. Yeah, Mike, you seem to have something to say about that. Well, I, I definitely don't think Dallas is any threat by any means unless you're third down and 18 and you need to dump off the ball to a running back. But, well, I don't, um, think, I don't think Dallas is a threat to Carson. He's not a threat to Penny either. Oh yeah, he is. In what way? The guy is slow as. Because I mean, I, because Dallas is sturdy and doesn't get hurt, and Penny's never healthy. Dallas Dallas has had carried how many times in in his pro career? Like he has what like twenty not carries? Not very many. Yeah, <laughs> as, not very many. As many as Rashad Penny. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but. If you're looking at Rashad Penny, and I know there's a lot of you know, and I'm I'm not gonna say that the guy's shown a picture of health by any means because he hasn't but when he is on the field i mean how can you argue with a guy that's averaging five yards a carry if not more so it's just i mean it's just stay on the field dude and if you stay on the field then you're going to be fantasy relevant but you know how, how do you argue with with well he can't stay on the field so you know it's just one of those things where you know, you, you, you roll the dice at the end of your draft and you, you put a dart throw in. And if he is that, if he does stay healthy, then you're going to get the dividends from, from that dart throw. Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, DJ Dallas, uh, in his rookie year had 51 touches and, uh, Rashad Penny averages 59 touches per season in his three, three seasons in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I get what Walker is saying about, you know, if you were to like rank the running backs in 2021 in this running back room for how they would finish at the end of the season, fantasy points wise, I would probably put DJ Dallas ahead of Rashad Penny just because I don't want to get burned by Rashad Penny. Dude no. never plays. That's the problem. It's not that DJ Dallas is better. It's the best avail- ability is availability. I hate that cliche, but it's true. So 
So the good third guy on the depth chart, you're going to go over because he might have a chance to play over Rashard Penny and Chris Carson. I'm no, saying. I'm saying the third guy on the depth chart will be the second guy on the depth chart in week six when Rashad Penny gets a knee scope and is out for the year. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying so is – I, I, I want this on, on this bet. Whoever gets the most points by the end of 20, this is – I'm taking Penny over – Well, over. I don't want to – Mike, I don't want to win a bet because somebody gets hurt. That puts me in an awkward position of rooting for somebody to get hurt. That's the only route. That's the only well, way if, I if see Penny this. Gets this hurt, if Penny gets hurt, then the bet's off. I well, never, that's my, that's Mike. That's what I'm saying is Penny will get hurt. So that's why DJ Dallas will finish ahead hurt, of him. Does that sweeten the deal? I have no I, idea what you said. You get to root for a Seahawk getting hurt though. Does that sweeten the deal? <laughs> that's sweeten the pot a, a, a tad. No, Mike, what I'm There's, saying is, what I'm saying is, is I believe Rashad Penny will get hurt. All okay. the, if we, if, okay. If this was Madden and we turned off injuries. Yes, Dallas. Rashad Penny would likely outproduce DJ Dallas, but this is yeah. real life. And I think yeah. that's what Walker's saying, too. Yeah, Rashad Penny is a better football player than yes. DJ Dallas is, and he will be ahead of DJ Dallas on the depth chart week one of the NFL season. I'm just saying that DJ Dallas will probably score more fantasy points for the entire season than Penny because of their history of Dallas was not injury-prone in college and didn't get hurt at all last year, really. I mean, I dinged a little, but every running back's dinged. And Penny has been out for significant time all three of the years he's been a pro. So, I mean, yes, Rashad Penny's better. And should you draft DJ Dallas at the end of your draft? No. Should you draft Rashad Penny at the end of your draft? You can, if you want to. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from there, but... I'm not arguing that you should take DJ Dallas over Rashad Penny. All I'm saying is that by the end of the season, Dallas is probably going to be the primary backup because of Penny's issues. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, if I had my way, Rashad Penny would finish higher than DJ Dallas. But it's... But it's the sort of situation where, like, let's I'm just looking at the guys who finished last year, like um, like Chase Edmonds was running back 28 just because he played all year and caught a bunch of passes. Like you're, you don't think about that, but he finished ahead of guys who, you know, who we actually drafted on draft day. Like he scored more fantasy points than Cam Akers, but only because Cam Akers didn't get the opportunity until late in the year. But Cam Akers was a much better player. It's just like he'll be around. So he'll get a bunch of fantasy points is, is kind of the point. Um, Joe Mixon running back 49, not looking good for Joe Mixon last year. All right. Um, so let's move on from, uh, Seattle and then we'll, let's talk about the backfield that got blown up pretty much as soon as we finished talking about it last week. Philip Lindsay signs with, uh, Houston one year, 3.25 million with 1 million guaranteed. And, um, all I want to know is, is David Johnson, you know, we were talking about him top 20 last week. Is he even a running back three right now? Uh, Mike? Um, I, you know, I, I don't, yeah, he, he's on, he's like in the 30, 30 range. I, 28, 30 around there now. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Lindsay definitely is going to take a toll on David Johnson's production. Um, so there's, you know, I wanted to go through all the teams and see how much backfields are split. You know, they, it's mm-hmm. definitely right RBBC in a lot of teams, but now it's getting to be where you have Philip Lindsay and you have David Johnson. It, it's becoming 
even more of a split. And mm-hmm. now you're having three or four running backs involved. So is there really any team that has a number one guy that that is going to be the bell cow? And I haven't gone through it yet, but I don't think there is. No, there's CMC. Yeah. Yeah, there's CMC, right? But yeah. <laughs> after coming off an injury and stuff like that, I think they're going to dial that back a little bit, especially with Mike Davis. Oh, Mike, Mike Davis, Davis is, is uh, not there anymore. Falcon. He's a Falcon. Oh, Mike now. Davis left? Yeah, yeah, buddy. Well, well then I'll just shut up then. Yeah, he's my new, <laughs> he's my new sleeper pick. All, all I had to do was like look down and yeah, see. look at the, the doc. Yeah, yeah, look at the literally the next name we're going to talk. Evan, so um, Philip Lindsay in Houston. Uh, what does are, how much money are you throwing at David Johnson? What's the, what's the ballpark in auctions now? Me personally, a dollar. A dollar. Okay. Yeah, he's he's probably in my no no, ninety percent of players. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's your barbecue strategy <laughs> yeah. too. Which is which is fall was it fall in love? Spend ninety percent of your money on the ten percent of players you fall in love with. Something like that. Spend all your money on the players you fall in love with. You just don't get any ones you don't like. That's the beauty of it. Like you always leave with, I like all my players. None of this. I we, we did a snake draft. We we should actually start talking about these. Maybe we did a snake draft this weekend. The first one. And man, it just reminds me when I get to like round ten or eleven. I'm like, I don't. Can I just pass and take the bench <laughs> spot? I don't care. Like I would never be choosing between these guys in auction. Yeah, it it uh, snake drafts are are your your kryptonite. Every time we do a snake draft, you're like, I don't care about any of these players i don't want any of these players and then somebody picked josh allen as their second quarterback right before me in like the seventh round and i'm like well how can you do that i've been two i've been two two you don't yeah. need <laughs> one more what, the, what is this even what are yeah. we doing here yeah that you... was me by the way <laughs> uh, was you i think yeah. that was amazing aaron i yelled at him <laughs> in the discord so i must have been very confused i just love that evan's become such a pro at like at, at auctions or salary cap drafts, uh, he's now actively terrible at snake drafts because <laughs> he can't he can't wrap his mind around them. Um, like you should you will you would be happy to know that I had a meltdown over it like in the Discord. You had a meltdown, meltdown in a seventh round pick in a March mock draft. Evan, I think you might Good be job. tightly wound. Well, that, that whole draft was kind of weird, anyways, because it was a super flex, and the first quarterback didn't come off the board until round it. It wasn't a super flex. It wasn't a super flex. (laughs) It just was called, it was from the guy's league that he set up the mock in is called super flex QB league. I can dynasty. I can see why that would be confusing. And I will clarify next time directly to you. Uh, uh, Yeah, that explains a lot. (laughs) Takeaway is read your league settings, I guess. Um, But it's a, it's a Mark mock draft. So I don't, I don't begrudge Mike for just hopping right in. Um, all right, that's I almost I almost had because I drafted T um uh, Tyreek Hill and then I had Travis Kelsey and I was one pick away from Patrick Mahomes. Oh my God, the triple the triple tap. Yeah. Um. So all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next guy. Mike mentioned him. Uh, Mike Davis. He signs with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, two years, five point five million dollars, three million dollars guaranteed. Um. It's really good that they got a backup running back for whoever they draft already. And my question was, what are the odds that Mike Davis actually starts week one? And Evan, you called him a sleeper. So I want to hear your answer to this. Yeah, question. he's my new, he's my new, I needed somebody. I was, I, I sat down because I thought we were doing sleepers for a second. I went through the backfield of every single team and I'm like, you know, and I didn't realize Mike Davis had signed. I'm like, the only, 
The only sleeper running back I can get anywhere near excited about is if someone signs with Atlanta or the maybe the Jets, probably not the Jets. And so Mike Davis going to Atlanta, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a little excitement, a little March excitement. A little March, but they're going to replace him is my take. Walker, what do you think about that? I mean, I'd say that's likely. Uh, as of right now, yeah, I mean, he'd be quite productive. Uh, Atlanta doesn't have a very good offensive line, and they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot, but Arthur Smith's going to want to run the ball. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he'd be in that, like, uh, mid to low tier RB2 area, I would say. Um, yeah, he's he's fine. But, yeah, I would expect him to be, like, the 1B to a rookie's 1A. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Mike, what about you? I I don't see how he's going to be able to fit that zone gap running offense. So to me, he's nothing but a third down specialist for this team. Oh, wow. Okay. so you think that it was a bad signing then, it sounds like. Yeah, because he's not he's not big enough to withstand going through, you know, the A and B gaps and be successful. So. Two years at five million, either they're going to, you know, sort of change that offense up a little bit or they're. Yeah, I just don't understand. You know, he's pure third down back. Huh. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, I was I was taking it at face value. I wasn't even thinking about a, a scheme fit mismatch. So Fine, uh, Mike's... I don't believe in anything anymore. Thanks, yeah, Mike. This is what you, get... you stomped out my hopes and dreams this week. <laughs> This is, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, if, if he's not going to work, he's not going to work. So let's go ahead and move on to a guy we know is going to work. James White, New England, one year, $2.5 million, fully guaranteed. Anything worth talking about here. I think this hurts Damian Harris even more. I think he's getting wedged in on all sides for fantasy value. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, Damian Harris is a touchdown dependent RB3 flex guy. Um <laughs> And he's the second option at the goal line for his team at right. so, unless they right. draft somebody. So yeah, he's he's not uh, he's not a guy I'm going to be drafting. Um, and White is I don't know. I mean, if he lasts until like the tenth or eleventh round, maybe I'll consider picking him up. But they just don't throw the ball as much as they used to. And Newton's not very accurate throwing to running backs. So I I probably won't be drafting White either. I'd rather get a guy like Naheem Hines, but. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 see. I guess it depends on how how it shakes out. But I would expect much more like what White's season was last year than what it was when they had Brady. Yeah, um, there was a thing about how rushing quarterbacks uh, tend to hurt their pass catching. Running quarterbacks tend to hurt their pass catching running backs. So they don't dump the ball off as much. They don't do the little short area targets because they're just going to run the ball. Right. Um, so Alvin Kamara. Well, that doesn't matter because Jameis is going to be quarterback. Right. I <laughs> got you there, buddy. I was, I was, I was using that as an example. Oh, with Taysom. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were, you were needling at Alvin Kamara because yeah. you do every year you find a guy and you just kind of like needle at his value, like, <laughs> like, Zeke, like Zeke last year. You just kind of needle at it all off season and then you drop the hammer. You're like Zeke's my running back ten or whatever uh, last year. So, um, so that's what I thought you were doing. But uh, yeah. yeah. Damien Harris, I'm I'm not drafting him. Uh, Mike, are you? Damien, no. I mean, yeah, I think no. everything that Walker just said. Why Why do I want a guy that isn't going to catch the ball 
And then when he gets down to near the goal line, Cam Newton's going to run it in for him. So what, what, what value am I getting out of this guy? Uh, now, if Cam Newton goes down, then, uh, uh, you know, or whatever reason um, isn't the quarterback in New England, then I have a lot more hope for Damian uh, Harris. But, yeah, I think James White, if you're in a PPR league, James White is going to outscore um, Damian Harris. Yeah, and and you guys haven't even mentioned the name. So think about think about the, the things that a running back does. He runs the ball, obviously. Catches the ball, scores touchdowns. Generally, that's how you get your fantasy points from him. Uh, James White taking targets. Uh, Cam Newton taking touchdowns. You guys both mentioned those things. But Sony Michelle is still there. Not yeah. that Sony Michelle is especially good, but Sony Michelle is going to get 80, 85 carries next year, maybe up to 100. And that's just going to, you know, what are you, what are you dealing with then? Damian Harris getting 12 carries between the 20s? Like, what, <laughs> like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what's the yeah. point there? Yeah, it's going to be Damian Harris with, like, I, I go up by, like, I think I go up by, I go up by 10s on carries on my projections because I, I don't do, like, super specific because yeah. you can't ever guess. But, yeah, his, his projection for me will probably be in, like, the 180 carries and then, like, 20 targets range. So he's going to have, like, what's 800 rushing yards and, like, maybe five touchdowns and then like 15 catches. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's uh, 110, 120. He's going to, I don't know, like 140 fantasy points. Please don't draft that guy. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do that. So um, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, a little, uh, what a lot of people don't do is figure out like the situation around a player. Like people are like, well, I like Damian Harris. And it's like, well, look at everything else that's happening around Damian Harris. How could you possibly want to cash those chips in? Um, so Evan, I'm going to assume you're not going to throw a dollar at Damian Harris. I'm not going to throw a dollar at anyone on the Patriots. That's they, another they, question. They barely yeah. topped 20 points a game last year. That offense added a bunch of mediocre pieces. A couple of good tight ends. Whoa, whoa. I was going to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They added Kendrick Bourne, sir. Uh, <laughs> they added two great tight ends, and you know the transformative powers. That's that's the key that's the key piece to any NFL office offense. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not falling for that. Yeah, I'm I'm Born not supremacy. <laughs> uh yeah, we, we talked about that last time, the 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 Patriots just hemming in all their fantasy options. And maybe this is the ultimate Bill Belichick doesn't care about your fantasy team move. He's just going to equally distribute targets among everybody. He's going to equally distribute carries among everybody. And he's going to give, throw the middle finger to everybody. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to next signing. Damian Williams, one year with the uh, bears. He was cut from the chiefs kind of cold. He went on COVID last year and they said, bye-bye uh, when he came off the COVID list this year. Um, does this hurt David Montgomery? If so, uh, how much? And Mike, I'll go to you for that question. Well, yeah. And, uh, not only does it hurt David Montgomery, but so does Tariq Cohen. So, uh, you know, I'm again with another, another running back who had clear room from starting like week nine of last year, week 10, something like that. And just did a lot with it to someone who's barely breathing. So yeah, RB 30, you know, that kind of range. I wouldn't drop him down that far. Walker, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm going to be in the sweet spot between uh, Evan's ranking of Montgomery on the sheet, which is RB4, which is just preposterous. <laughs> well, now uh, that's preposterous, yeah. Um, and uh, he's not going to be as low as RB30, I'm assuming. But, yeah, uh, he he hurts Montgomery a little. 
and he probably makes Tariq Cohen pretty much undraftable to me. I mean, Cohen's coming off of a, a leg injury, plus he's got competition for pass-catching targets out of the backfield now, plus a new quarterback, and not really any vacated targets from the receiver room or tight end room, so he's not going to get any benefit that way either. Uh, it, it's It doesn't look good. For, I, I wouldn't draft either him or, or Williams, and uh, yeah, probably knocks Montgomery down into that, like... 16 to 24 range somewhere well here's the thing with with montgomery he was like an rb 22 23 when terry cohen was healthy then now you throw in damian williams yeah yeah. okay so 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 i have rb 30 is not too is too high or too low but i I, i'd say at least 26 to 28 probably i mean I, i had him 17 um before the signing, I would probably drop him. I'd drop him below Sanders and above Edmonds, so he'd be 22 for me. So you don't really see much of a change with Damian Williams coming on board. I think it'll. Well, I was I was baking that into his projection a little bit anyway. Like I was baking in like Cohen getting some touches and like Montgomery very obviously not going to be what he was at the end of last season because they played five consecutive bottom five rushing defenses and he had no competition for touches. So he was getting a James Robinson workload against like barely professional offenses. Like it was the easiest thing in the world for him to rack up huge stats. Like it's not like he was that much better of a player than he always was. He's still above average. It's just that he had the perfect situation to produce and he did. Um, but he's, again, he's going to go back to being above average. And so he'll be a low end RB two. Yeah. To Walker's point, uh, in the last six games of the season last year, uh, he was on pace for 2,200 yards and 22 touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think he'll be doing that again this year. You got to move him up. I got him too low. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Evan, this edition of, um, of uh, Damien Williams to his backfield. Uh, how do you how how does this change your RB four rank to David? Montgomery? I'm gonna drop him down like six M- spots. Move him up. RB three now. <laughs> I'm gonna drop him down like six spots. Maybe I gotta wow. look. I gotta look. But well, yeah. I mean, he was. They're, now they're gonna spell him, and and there are so many question marks. But uh, if auctions were going today, they need to start salary cap drafts mocks soon enough so i can get data and they probably won't start for three months i'm jonesing if there were salary cap drafts today i think his value would be solid i think he would go for mid to late second round rb not second round second rb2 values and he's got a floor and he's got a, a medium ceiling that's pretty good that's pretty good to get a starting running back for back end rb2 values in in, in salary cap drafts so i think he would be someone he would be a buy at this point Okay, and so I, I won't go into details. Um, I'm I'm having him. I haven't done ranks, but he's probably if I had to gun to my head, guess where he ends up? Probably around running back twenty-two. So you heard it here, folks. Take him somewhere between running back ten and running back thirty. You're welcome, because <laughs> we're giving you every answer under the sun. Um, Evan's clearly very bullish on David Montgomery, though. This this doesn't seem to hurt him very much for you. He looked really good, and it wasn't like teams were keying on the quarterback position. Although he did have that streak of five bad defenses, but even before then he was doing all right on tape at least. He popped for me. Something he he, he his vision improved from last year. That's fair. A lot more lot more yeah. up, upright upright. What do you call it when you put your head up when you run? A lot more running with his head up. 
Yeah, um, there there is that to be said. He was clearly a better running back last year than he was his rookie year when he had to deal with uh, the Tariq Cohen taking taking touches. And um, uh, I'm I'm not super worried about uh, Damian Williams. I think he's a depth piece. I think he's a super backup, kind of like how I pegged Josh Kelly last year for the um, for the Chargers, where it's like he he can do a little bit of everything. So if anybody needs to get spelled, no matter what the rule, Damian Williams can go in there and do it. So that's kind of how I see him. I, I just, you know, it's a, it's a one-year deal. It's a cheap contract. Um, you know, Damian Harris, outside of playing in the Chiefs, you know, superb Williams. offense. Oh, sorry, Damian Williams. I'm just bat, uh, just okay running backs. Certainly love to be named Damian. Um, but Damian Williams, outside of you know playing with the Chiefs, he's never done much with his opportunities in his career. So I don't think mm-hmm. he, I don't see him doing much now. So, um, so yeah, um, not super worried and we are all over the place and watch they'll, they'll go out and draft like a third round running back and really muck up the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tevin Coleman goes from the Niners to the Jets. He rejoins, uh, the Niners coaching staff that's over there, uh, in New York, uh, 1.1 million guaranteed 40 K guaranteed up to 2.2 million. I don't, this doesn't matter. Tevin, Tevin Coleman, I, I said on Twitter, if there's a second running back on your roster, Tevin Coleman is nowhere near being RB one. Um, he's, I, th- I think he's cooked. I, I, I watched him for two years suck out loud, except for when he played the Panthers who in 2019 were the, like the worst rush defense, one of the worst rush defenses of all time. So do you guys care about Tevin Coleman at all? Or should we move on to Matt Breda? How, how can you care about a running back who has one of the worst, um, line of scrimmage, positive line of scrimmage rushes in NFL? Um, so it's like he never gains any yards. So why should I like someone who never gains any yards? Tevin Coleman, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. It's like I forget what the 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 stat is exactly called, but it's like um, positive yards after first contact. That it, so he goes down as soon as he gets gets touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's he he looked like he didn't look great with the Niners in 2019, but he looked absolutely cooked last year, and he was he only got into seven eight games he only got into half the games but like uh at the jets at the jets the team that he's signed with now 14 carries for 12 yards jesus christ like you can't cite yards per carry as a stat but jesus christ mike you said it perfectly 14 for 12 is a problem two for 11 or two, i'm sorry two for negative 11 against buffalo so uh yeah he's he's cooked he's not what? very good What's with the Jets stumbling over themselves to sign mediocre talent up and down the board and the offense this offseason? It's bizarre. What? It's like they're like, I guess we have to play a field of football team. Fine. Just give me some 11 dudes. Well, I'm, I'm so I'm not a huge fan of a lot of things that Ross Tucker says, but um, he did say one thing that actually gave some insight as a player. Um, he talks about lifelines for players. If you if you've coached somebody and you've had a good attitude and you're a vet. They'll throw a million dollar contract at you. And that's pretty much, I think, what happened to Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman is there to coach up whoever they end up getting um, to uh, actually be their running back in this uh, system that LaFleur is going to run, bringing over from uh, Kyle Shanahan that we all assume is going to happen. So I think that's what it is. You you don't think it's going to be a two-headed monster of LaMichael P. Ryan and Ty Johnson? Oh, no, I think it's going to be a two-headed monster of uh, LaMichael P. Ryan and Josh Adams. That's oh, yeah, so much that, there too. yeah. At, at, at least Ty Johnson's fast. I mean, he's bad, but at least he's fast. <laughs> he's bad, but at least he's fast. No, these uh, these uh, multi these multi backfields with like nobody good in them. They just they just kill me. I hate them so much because it's like of one of those. Uh, 
should we move on to the Bills? Yeah, let's talk about Matt Breida to the Buffalo Bills. One year, I didn't find any contract details, but now it's Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, and I don't know, probably TJ Yeldon's there being inactive every single week like he's been. So do we care about this room in Buffalo? No, well, no, yeah. no, no. That's the easy question. I, I would, yeah, I, I'm not. I, I Stay away. They don't even use running backs very much to begin with. They use running backs less than any team in football. And now they have three of them who have various issues. Devin Singletary has no athleticism. Zach Moss doesn't catch the ball very well and doesn't see holes very well. And Matt Breida is only good in like a five touch a game role, because if you give him any more then he's walking off the field with a hurt ankle all the time. So three running backs who have clear like drawbacks who also played an offense that barely uses them. Uh, I would recommend drafting none of those guys. Yeah, it's sort of like the the New England situation. That's Um, exactly what I was going to say, Mike. And if anything, Matt Breda is not a fantasy player that you want to own. But I think if if we're looking at this signing, this helps Josh Allen. Um, Not not in a tremendous way, but it gives someone out of the backfield that he can dump the ball off to and go. And I, so with that said, yards, you know, he'll break off a couple of touchdowns. So if anything, that's, this is a good signing for Josh Allen. Yeah, like uh, like Walker put it perfectly when he was saying about Ty Johnson. I, you know, Matt Breida is not if you give him a lot of touches, he's not particularly, much. particularly good. You're welcome. He's not particularly good, um, but he is fast. So it will help out the team. And uh, Evan, what do you think about this Buffalo backfield? Hands off. Not even a dollar between them. No, let me spend those dollars on winning winning. What do you call it? What am I doing? What am I like to high up quarterbacks? You know, that <laughs> dollar I could bid last year. I bid seven dollars on Josh Allen rather than spend a dollar on some joke for a running back in a crowded room. And guess how that worked out? Yeah, that, that dollar could be used somewhere else. Uh, maybe a tight end too, a second tight end, you know, one of these upside guys. So I'm in the same spot. Um, Matt Breida will give you probably eight to ten highlights every year, but that's that's all he'll give you. All right, let's move on to the last running back in another just absolutely messy backfield. Leonard Fournette back to the Buccaneers, up to $4 million per Justina Anderson. Um, and um, they returned all 22 starters, which is, I believe I saw the first time that's ever happened for a Super Bowl winning team. So um, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Johnson, I think this backfield or is just Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm sorry, Keyshawn Vaughn, not Keyshawn Johnson. Why am I doing I just can't say names this this episode. Um, well, or last episode, to be fair. Hey, or ever. All right. So, you uh, can't see things. Uh, to be fair, when I was saying all those names, I was rubbing my eyes. So maybe my brain broke a little bit. Um, Mike, <laughs> what do you think about this backfield? Maybe I poked myself in the brain. I, You know, it's one of those exciting backfields. Uh, but the, the troubling part is what's going to scratch your head is, is it Ronald Jones? Is it Leonard Fournette? Um, you know, Leonard Fournette looked really good during the playoffs when they are both healthy. He seemed to be the guy that catches the ball out of the backfield of the two when they're both on the on the field during the regular season. I, you know, I, but Ronald Jones looked really good when he had that role to himself. So get both and, and then just roll the dice or avoid it altogether is probably my recommendation. 
Keyshawn Vaughn truthers are so mad at you right now. You just completely ignored the 76 overall pick from last year. Yeah, remember when Keyshawn Vaughn was going like one six in rookie drafts? <laughs> well, because he was gonna he was gonna steal the job because he could. What was it? He could pass block. That was that was. Oh that yeah, was... yeah. Because Jones was a bad pass blocker and Vaughn's good at pass blocking. You know who else is good at pass blocking? Carry uh, on Johnson and Daryl Williams. Like. <laughs> Not fantasy relevant players. I, I I have I have quite a bit of shares of um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh no, my! I, I, I did I did get wah, him later wah. than one six though. I got him like at one eight, but nice. yeah, it's. I'm just looking at it. I was looking over my teams this year, and I'm just like, oh god, another team with Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh my god, what was I doing? <laughs> it's like cleaning out your closet and finding, you know, old USB charger cables. You're like, why do I have so many of these? These are useless. <laughs> we all we all have we all have players like that where we're just like, this guy's gonna be good, and then he's just not. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens to everybody. It's you know, it's uh, it's it's part of the part of doing this. So um, so yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna take whichever the guy. If one of these guys, Fournette or Ronald Jones, has an ADP around like round eight or nine i'll take a shot on him but i'm not yeah. going out i'm not going out of my way to, to touch this backfield no leonard fournette's gonna have like a fourth round adp because of his postseason performance and i'm not touching that at all um jones will probably be in the round six seven range and yeah. uh I'll, I'll consider that yeah and, and it's it's I, w- I would prefer if it's in the six seventh range that's another backfield that i can just scratch off my list because i'm so not I'm, is this is this the backfield of like say the packers where i'm not sorry not the packers but the browns where cream hunt is going to go farther down the down the line so you get cream hunt and in the raiders maybe with drake and jacobs and Jake uh, drake going further down the line so you get drake yeah and pretty much fournette and um ronald jones and jones going further down the line uh, yeah. yeah except with the browns you get both because chubb's still really good yeah yeah, I think it's. I think Mike, uh, we talked about it last off season where I think you're right. Where they're one guy's going to go a lot later, and their value is going to kind of end up in the middle. Um, so, like I was saying, uh, what what was my thing last year? I said if you take Chubb where he goes, you do, you lose. But if you take Hunt where he goes, you win. Even though Chubb's going to out. It was. Out- it was, it was something it was something really good but i don't remember what it was yeah okay god i can't remember this because I, I i remember it ended up happening you were like if you take hunt and he finishes as a second rounder you win if you take chubb and he finishes as a back into the first rounder you lose i don't remember it was good yeah it was so look uh listen back to whatever episode that was in uh from last year there you go but yeah i, th- I think it is that situation where you've got two guys who are going to split the backfield and their value is going to end up somewhere in the middle. And we're in that situation. I will always take the second guy. Um, if it's, if it's a question mark, cause otherwise I'm just wasting draft capital on, on huge question marks. So uh, I think the Brown, a, a small version of the Browns backfield is a good way of putting it. Uh, a, a baby version, a poor man's version. Buccaneers colon baby Browns, baby Browns. That's right. Uh, don't, don't tell Tom Brady. I said that cause he'll, I'll end up in a, in a Twitter, uh, highlight reel eventually. He, he may want to open mouth kiss you. Uh, God uh, willing. Should we, should we just, before we go to receivers, should we just like get the tight ends out of the way? Cause they're not worth talking about. Oh yeah. So this is what I was going to do. I was going to say, speaking of a poor man's version of things, Tyler Croft, Dan Arnold and Mercedes Lewis changed teams. Does anybody care? Well, Lewis didn't change teams, but he never catches the ball anyway. He's just for blocking. Oh, that's um, true. He didn't change teams. You're right. 
uh, uh, who Croft? No, uh, Herndon's better, and they don't have a quarterback right now. Sorry, Darnold, he's not. You're just he hasn't proven that he's any good. And uh, the Joe Brady offense, a doesn't really use tight ends, and b like Dan Arnold's just kind of a he's a decent enough like red zone weapon, but he's nothing more than that. Like, he, like best case scenario, he's like Joe Fourier. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a fantasy football Twitter meme tight end. Like everybody wants Dan Arnold to be something, but he's not right. That way you could say, Hey Arnold, every time he does something well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fo- Photoshopping Dan Arnold with uh actual football for a head and a tiny <laughs> hat. <laughs> like maybe a tiny helmet, like instead of the hat, it's just, like, it's, it's a little Panthers helmet. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's really funny. All right, let's let's talk about some guys who matter for fantasy. Kenny Galladay. So Walker, he was on your team. Uh, now he's on the Giants. Four years, seventy-two million, forty million guaranteed. I'll just let you have the floor. Um, this was your team, so I feel like you would know Kenny Galladay the best. Uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay is very good at football. Um, he's. He's not a top 10 receiver in the league, but he's definitely top 20. Uh, he's really the only only negative with his game is he's not particularly fast, so he's not going to burn guys down the field. But it doesn't really matter when you're giant and you are super strong and have insanely good hands, which he possess, possesses all of those. Um, Daniel Jones actually does like to throw the ball downfield and wasn't god-awful at it last year. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either. So... I think that Galladay should have a pretty good fantasy season. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, he's not going to be in that elite range. Um, but uh, right now I have him as wide receiver 16. You know, I, I think that he's that high-end wide receiver 2 who best-case scenario is like low-end wide receiver 1 and his floor, as long as he doesn't get a major injury, is like, low-end wide receiver, too. So you're not taking a big risk. He's a guy you can probably get in, like, the third, maybe fourth round, and he's going to return your value. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that was kind of my take on him. I, I had him a little bit higher, maybe 10 to 15. Not 10, maybe your your priority wide receiver, too, 13 to 15 sort of range. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think this is, all right, well, like you said, Daniel Jones likes to throw it deep. Let's get him a receiver that can actually catch the ball deep and see where we can go from there. If we can reclaim Daniel Jones, reclaim this draft pick. And uh, Evan, you had Kenny Gall- You were really high on Kenny Galladay going into 2020. How do you feel about him going into 2021? Yeah, he's definitely a love because the luster, specifically because the luster flew, fell off that blooming flower and nailed, nailed it, just nailed it. Um, Great job. Uh, he was wide receiver five when Matt... When the quarterback for Detroit, Stafford, I'm Stafford. Jeff today, uh, no, you're pulling a me, man. Uh, whatever your name is, you're pulling a Jeff. Matt, Matt Ryan. Uh, no, when no. Matt <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. When Matt Stafford was injured, and they had my no dog called a foul there. on that. Nobody was nobody was throwing it to, to nobody was throwing it well there. Uh, he finished number five in the season, so he really doesn't need much. Uh, that was like two years ago because his, his skill set's overwhelming. But people are going to be. I think he's going to fall just outside of that top 15, top 20 overall players that people really go nuts for at salary cap drafts. And that's right where I want to get my wide receiver one. So I I, I have to test the markets, obviously, once the data starts coming out. But right now, he's he's in my 10% loves. The dude's just got skills. 
Yeah, he's really good. Mike, what's your take on this? There's nothing against Kenny Galladay himself, but two things um, that I don't like with Galladay right now. Number one, he's missed 27% of his games, and I just can't adhere myself to someone in the top 12 to 14 range who's who's already missed 27% of their games in just four seasons. And then secondly, he has Daniel Jones throwing in the ball. And I don't care how good you are. When you have a bad quarterback, your production is going to take a huge hit. So uh, I I would like him a lot better, you know, around wide receiver 20. But there's no way I'm going to get him at that price. So he won't ever be on any of my redraft teams. I mean, there's a shot he drops to 20. Um, Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it really, it's so stupid, but it really depends on how draft rooms are set up. What guys on the sites where we draft. You really think there's a shot at him at 20? I, I, I thought Keenan Allen was going to be at 20 and he, he went like 15 and that's kind of where I see Kenny Galladay going. Let's see. Galladay by ADP right now. Kenny Galladay is wide receiver 19. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think we we got a lot of guys that fit in there that people got excited about. Uh, The last couple years, there's been a big influx of of impact rookies and sophomores the last two years. And so I think these these traditional, you know, these guys that we think of top 15 guys are getting pushed down a little bit by like Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Uh, our evaluations of what things were going into the 2019 season have kind of been turned on their head by a couple good uh, draft classes. Um, I'm seeing here Terry McLaurin's ahead of him. Uh, C.D. Lamb's ahead of him by this ADP. So uh, whether you agree with it or not, uh, 20 is a possibility. Okay. Well, I like him there. That's where I like him, and he'd be mine. Yeah, you just need one Will Fuller stand to draft him over Kenny Galladay. Yeah, day. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Someone lo- loving the Will Fuller. Yeah, there you go. Or let's see, behind him also, Deontay Johnson, uh, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. Um, what? Robert Woods is behind him? What? He is, 20, oh. he is wide receiver 21 right now. That but they're going, the they're, they're going back-to-back-to-back, though. Galladay, Fuller, Woods are going back-to-back-to-back right Why now. Why is Take Fuller anywhere so, near there? Wow. Especially with Stafford on the team now? Ooh. I have Will Fuller's wide receiver 41. Well, because we're reasonable about Will Fuller. People people want Will Fuller to be good so bad that it kind of clouds their judgment. Weird, man. I have, I mean, for the guys you mentioned, I have uh, I, I have McLaurin at 17, right below Galladay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Deontay at 25, but that's uh, mostly due to Pittsburgh. I just don't like their offense right now because they don't have an offensive line. They don't have any running game, and Roethlisberger's bad. So, but other than that, <laughs> I'm slightly under. I'm slightly. Val, I'm valuing the all the Pittsburgh receivers a little lower than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my uh, my 11 through 15 is Keenan Allen, and then the Tampa and LA receivers. So Godwin, Evans, Cup, Woods. Yeah, all in a row there. Yeah. I got Woods at nine right now. That's fair. I have Lamb at nine. So Walker just brought it up. This is insane. Sorry, we're we're taking we're diverging. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster are 23, 27, and 31. With 500-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who fell apart down the stretch last year, who begged the team to not be cut, throwing them the football, and no offensive line like he's. This this is a recipe for a disaster. I think. I have Johnson 25, Claypool 26, and Juju 38. 
yeah, one of those guys has to drop out of the top 32. Like, it, it has to be. And, and Juju's the easy answer. See, to Ju- me, Juju is a harder answer in PPR leagues because guess where, you know, you, as you were saying, Ben Roethlisberger is toast. And guess how many, how far, you know, it's all hitches and curls for uh, Juju. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 likely in PPR that 2021 Juju is going to be the the equivalent of Miami Jarvis Landry. Yes. Where it's not just, and not not the year where Miami Jarvis Landry had like 110, like the years where Miami Jarvis Landry was like 82 for 770. Yeah, it's just and that because that's what Juju was last year too. He was basically Miami Jarvis Landry. So I think that that's what he'll be again this year. So in your PPR leagues, he's not a sexy pick, but he'll be a guy that you can slot in and probably get you wide receiver two numbers in your in your at a wide receiver three price. Yep. But but that's just that's just hideous though. Some something's got to give there. Ben Roethlisberger cannot support those three guys. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Um, not this year. So uh, let's get back to the uh, wide receivers that we actually want to talk oh, about. Oh, I had a fun fact. I had a real fun fact here. No, well, it's actually just kind of <laughs> I'll fun. be the judge of that. It's we've a fact. Our, I'll be the sp- judge of if it's fun. For this show, we've got our spreadsheet open with all the players that were still available for free agency starting week two. And uh, Kenny, and how much how much they eventually signed for. Kenny Galladay uh, signed for what could be a, a contract worth. Let's call it worth because contracts are so weird. Worth $72 million. The remaining 17 people who signed since then, uh, their contracts total $71.9 million. So oh, Kenny yeah. Galladay got more money than everyone else combined. All right. All right. I have deemed that fact fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. I'm relieved. Uh, he likes it too. Yeah. My dog, sorry. Um, like we mentioned, my wife got her butt kicked by the COVID shot yesterday, so she can't take the dog from me. Anyways, uh, next one up. Sammy Watkins from KC to Baltimore, $5 million contract. Does this kill Marquise Brown? I mean, Marquise Brown was on a ventilator already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still on the ventilator. Like he'll have his big game still, but um, is he on a ventilator with COVID, or is he just on a ventilator? No, no, just in general. Oh, uh, where, did, where did he his get the fan, ventilator? His van, his his fantasy value is on a fantasy ventilator. There you go. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he's still the number one guy there right now but Watkins is better than any other dude they had so yeah I mean it'll take away from Brown a little bit but it'll basically just be like he'll be the same guy as last year everyone will just value him accurately instead of pumping his value into the stratosphere for no reason yeah that's a that's a good take on it I mean he finished the year last year I wouldn't say hot I would say warm getting at least 80 yards in three of his last five games, including the playoffs. So I think that that might bump up his value a little bit, but I think, yeah, like the Sammy Watkins will turn it back down to a, 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 a low simmer um, where it should be. Um, Mike, uh, what do you, you are a, probably the loudest uh, detractor of uh, Baltimore's passing game. So, yes, uh, I am. so let, let, let's talk about the Sammy and Marquise Brown. Where do they, where do they end up? Um, off your teams? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you Marquise Brown is still going to be a wide receiver three, you know, um, at the end of the season. He'll be a wide receiver three, three and a half. Sammy Watkins is more name, I guess, than anything. I mean, gives him another weapon, um, another reason for people to, to say, 
if when Sammy Watkins doesn't perform that, oh, this is why Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback because he doesn't have good weapons and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's I, I'm not going to draft Sammy Watkins unless I need a wide receiver six, it's my sixth wide receiver, and it's round 25. And I'm like, yeah, I need someone here. So other than that, he's not draftable. Okay. Yeah. And um, does this help Lamar Jackson at all? Does this make you feel better about him, Mike? No, not at all. Because okay. it's, it, yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not weapons that is his problem. It's his problem is his mechanics. And the fact that he doesn't want to better himself being a better quarterback. All right. So that kind of puts the uh, Ravens passing game to bed, I would say. Let's go ahead and move on to Deshaun Jackson. Moved from Philadelphia to the Rams. One year, $4.25 million, up to $6.25 million with incentives. My knee-jerk reaction to this was that it was a mismatch, but that was only because I forgot that the Rams have Matt Stafford now. So with Matt Stafford, are they going to use him? Do you think he's like... Matt Stafford's deep threat guy, or do you think they're going to try to revisit the Brandon Cooks role with the caveat when Deshaun Jackson is healthy? So, Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think that with the caveat, it's a good fit because, I, you know, Van Jefferson does have some speed, but obviously they're not too happy with Van Jefferson or they wouldn't sign Deshaun Jackson. And Deshaun Jackson delivers that. And that it's great as long as, you know, that caveat is what it is. Yeah, and and you say they signed Deshaun Jackson. They didn't just sign him to like like uh you know Cam Sims got 2.1 million dollars or you know DeMarcus Robinson 1.1 million. They signed him to over 4 million dollars, you know, guaranteed. What, what is the veteran what do you know what the veteran minimum is? Oh, vet minimum's not 4. Um I remember looking it up for something. Isn't I think it's like one and a half. Yeah, it depends on your service time. So I'll look that up while uh, 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 Evan, what do you think about Stafford to and uh, to uh, Deshaun Jackson this year? Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson was made. I think he made a good point when he said they already have a fast guy. I think Deshaun Jackson most likely is joining the team for locker room leadership. And maybe Van Jefferson needs a little modeling. Then again, they are paying him up to six million, between four and six million. So you got to put him out there sometime. But it might it might be just nice to have an additional veteran presence since you're bringing in a new quarterback uh, that's that also has veteran presence, but might not know the system so well. Let's get somebody else in there so that they can they can bond and help lead the team and stuff. I think it's more of a leadership role than anything that will ever affect fantasy ever. Yeah. So, um, Walker, to answer your question before you chime in, uh, seven plus credited seasons, it's 1.1 million. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, he'll, he will have a role, uh, in, you know, on paper, you know, he'll, he'll be ahead of Van Jefferson on the depth chart, but, um, no, it's not going to be like a Brandon Cook situation in my estimation. Um, it's, he, he's a true, the, the, you know, true deep threat type guy. And uh, it, it'll be kind of like what the Lions did with Marvin Hall last year, but just a bigger role than that, like more often. So, um, Walker, maybe did you see? Did I didn't see a lot of tape on Bad Jefferson. Did you see him at all? Uh, Vance, a, he's a pretty good technician with his route running, um, but he's an older prospect. Like he's already 25, Ooh. and he's not the most athletic he's got very average athleticism and he's not that big either he, he's 
he's best in like that big slot type role. Like a lot of guys, like he, he's good to fill what Josh Reynolds did last year, which is be the third guy and do your job. Like that's that that's a a good role for him. Like he's not a bad player, but he has doesn't have much upside. So Jackson helps give them you know a true guy who goes deep because I think Cup probably would have functioned as their deep receiver most of the time. And while he's good in that role, he's also good, you know, over the middle and, and running routes. So I don't think they wanted to pigeonhole him quite that much. And so Jackson's a guy who can open up the defense for Woods and uh, and Cup underneath. There you go. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Uh, so speaking of Josh Reynolds, let's move on to him. He went from the Rams to the to the Titans. And the question is, what face will Jeff make? And the face is, I guess, a blank stare because I don't think this moves the needle a whole lot for me personally. I, I've never thought much of Josh Reynolds as a player. Yeah, that's why I put that in there. Is okay. Because I know you don't like him. No, um, I, I just, I just, I, I just, he hasn't done anything in the NFL. Like, I get what he did in college. People love to tell me what he did in college, but he's on his second contract now and he hasn't done anything. So he's fine. You know, he's, he's, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he he's the same guy as like Rashard Higgins. It's just that he's gonna be in a bigger role than a guy like Rashard Higgins. So he'll 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 be like borderline fantasy relevant all season, in my opinion. Like he he's gonna be he's not gonna do what Corey Davis did last year. He's gonna do what Corey Davis did two years ago, and he's gonna finish the season with like fifty five for seven fifty and four or five touchdowns, and they'll have like one or two really good games and be the hot waiver wire pickup twice. And <laughs> he'll never, but he'll never be anywhere near consistent. And then he'll finish the season like wide receiver 51 or something. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't blink an eye if he finished wide receiver 40. Like, no, but he yeah. won't, but, but on a per game basis, he will not be like he, like how many top 36 weeks do you think he'll have? Like maybe four or five. Yeah, exactly. Not enough to be rostered all year, maybe in a good matchup. Yeah, he's he is going to be walking into a situation that um, it's it's going to be a full a, a full season Fulgham, as I guess. Um, Walker, you haven't you weren't here when we when we uh, coined Fulgaming, and Fulgaming is when you are suddenly fantasy relevant because your team has literally no other options, and so it could be a full season Fulgham unless they go out and they add guys in the draft. You know, if the Titans go out and get somebody to replace Corey Davis, then you know. Then, then I don't think that then he's Adam Humphreys, but larger. Yeah, pretty much. But we also got to realize they got to replace Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys and Johnny Smith in the passing game. So, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be good for the Titans, just not much for fantasy. Um, yeah, he'll be. Useful. No, I, I agree. I, I, I Right now I have him wide receiver 55. There you go. Yeah, just just in that range of like, oh, I know that guy. That yeah. guy might be good. Um, yeah, since he's number two on the depth chart, if they if they didn't draft a receiver to like the third round, then he's a guy you could pick in the eleventh or twelfth round. Everybody will forget about him, and he'll be like somewhat productive, like Russell Gage last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they draft like say they draft like Rashad Bateman or Terrace Marshall in the first round, then you can forget about him. Yeah, Mike, how do you feel about this? I mean, I I can't disagree, but the the one thing that that kind of popped off tape was when Cooper cup went out with injury, he did a pretty, pretty good job. But again, that was a whole different system in the Ram system. And now he's going to go to Tennessee. And 
as a second receiver, I, I don't think in a Tennessee offense where the main main receiver is pretty much going to be the beneficiary, I, I don't disagree with 55 receptions, um, that, that kind of range where he's your last pick on the draft and you can sit on him because he doesn't have that name. He doesn't have anything that, like, you know, you could look at as a consistent value. So people are going to draft Sammy Watkins over Josh Reynolds, even though you could probably get Josh Reynolds to have more fantasy points um, and wait in, you know, it will probably won't be by much more, but you, those kind of guys you, you can wait on and, and you could wait, let someone draft Sammy Watkins and then get Josh Reynolds later. There you go. Evan, I haven't let you talk in a while. How, how's it going? Are we still talking about Josh freaking Reynolds? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, now that I got Evan on the horn, any of the guys left in this list, do you care about? Just so people can get an idea of how barbecue strategy works. Chris Conley, T.Y. Hilton, Cam Sims, Demarcus Robinson, Adam Humphreys, Moe new and Willie Sneed. Uh, you know, I would throw a dollar at T.Y. I thought his regression was odd, and now he might click with Wentz, and plus I want Mike to be happy. Yay! But, yeah, so that's, so that's, that's the guy. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, since we are going very long, we still have some stuff to talk about. Um, other than T.Y. Hilton, who we'll get to in a sec, Chris Conley, Houston or Jacksonville to Houston. Cam Sims stays with Washington. Demarcus Robinson stays with KC. Humphreys uh, goes to I put Washington football team to Tennessee. I got that backwards. Um, and uh, Mosinu goes to San Francisco. Willie Sneed goes to the Raiders. Does any of this move anything on any possible fantasy radar for you guys? Mike, let's start with you. Once we're done with this, then we'll talk about T.Y. Hilton. Um, I like, I'd like to see what Cam Sims does. I, I sort of, he sort of popped off the table with me for a little bit. Um, so I'm sort of, he's on my radar. Um, everybody else, oh, Demarcus Robinson, is he going to be anything now that Sammy Watkins is gone? And the note for the rest of them. Yeah. Walker, what about you? Uh, Robinson is the only one that really uh, matters to me. Like Sims seems like an okay player, but with Humphreys, with Harmon coming back from IR, Gandy Golden, Isaiah Wright, Steve Stephen Sims, there's just too many guys for the third receiver there to be relevant. Um, I right now Robinson's the third guy for KC, and honestly, he plays more snaps than Hardman when they're the two and three as well. So. Uh, he'd probably be in that like, uh, like wide receiver four slash five range if if it shakes out that way. But I can't imagine that they're done adding players. So yeah, I was gonna say one of the things we don't have to imagine is what Demarcus Robinson looks like without Sammy Watkins. <laughs> it's just like fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we've seen that already because Sammy Watkins was always in it. He he was always hurt or missing games or leaving games early. It, so it's just like, we've seen what it looks like without DeMar- without Sammy Watkins there. So, mm. Evan, any of these guys will you throw a dollar at? Conley, Sims, Robinson, Humphreys, most new, or Willie Sneed? No. All right, Mike, no. T.Y. T. Hilton, he's back on the Colts. One year, $8 million, up to $10 million with incentives. One to ten, how happy are you? I am at a 12. Ooh. I love T.Y. Hilton, um, probably one of my favorite players. I, you know, I, I think this is going to be good for Wentz. In fact, Wentz was out there testing uh, T.Y. during the contract negotiations. How close are we? How close are we? Are we getting there? So 
I, I think, as as Evan put it, um, Wentz really, really wanted T.Y. Hilton, and I think he's going to be benefited. Uh, Fantasy-wise, fantasy you know, I, it's more NFL, it's more team homerism for me for with T.Y. Hilton than, than it's going to be for fantasy-wise, because I think they're really going to be spreading this ball around, and uh, T.Y. Hilton will probably be maybe the leading wide receiver, but we're talking... 65 receptions to 60 to 55. You know, it's just it's just not going to be anything great for T.Y. Hilton. He's a good wide receiver, three and a half to four for your teams, um, fantasy wise. But yeah, my excitement has everything to do with the fact of the player he is and the team I love. There you go. All right. So Walker, fantasy, T.Y. Hilton. What are we thinking? Uh, not a whole lot, I would say. Um, I mean, I, I have him wide receiver 50 right now. Uh, he's, he's older. He's, uh, you know, he's at that age where I just kind of avoid or start avoiding receivers. Um, yeah, he's, he's still a pretty good football player and he'll be either the best or maybe second best receiver, depending on whether, uh, Michael Pittman improves, to a significant degree or not, but not a guy who you can count on week to week. Yeah. All right. That's, that's a fair enough, fair enough take and kind of how I feel about T.Y. Hilton that uh, the T.Y. Hilton mold of player is a player that I've never drafted. I've never drafted that like, you know, high yards per reception uh, type guy because for so long I was conditioned against it because you know, the, the volume wasn't always there for those guys. So I, I hope T.Y. Hilton falls to a price where he he can make everybody happy who wants to draft him because I would like to draft him because he's had a long good career but uh, I just never had him so I don't but know I'm getting wistful about T.Y. Hilton at this the point. The big thing with Hilton was before he got old was the fact that you couldn't press him because he was strong enough to beat the press and he to get behind the line of scrimmage because not the line of scrimmage but the defensive backfield because of how fast he was and the way he ran routes so. He, that's why they call him the ghost, because no matter what you did, he'd always find a way to get open with his speed and his strength. None of that is really there anymore for the guy. And so it's like, yeah, he's he's still a you know, solid wide receiver, but without the skills that made him great, he's just become marginal. Yeah. And um, Mike, will he finally score eight touchdowns this year? <laughs> I hope so. My goodness. Yeah, that's he another went, reason why I never had him because I was like, just he never scores touchdowns. He went what like week to week ten last year without a touchdown, something that it was, it was pretty crazy. late in the year. Yeah, let's see. I think uh, it was like week ten, week, week twelve or twelve, even worse. Yeah, uh, yikes. So yeah, he just never scores touchdowns. So all right, uh, that'll do it for the pen, the wide receivers that have been uh, signed. Let's just take a look at the. Uh, notable free agents that are left out there. We'll go really quick. Um, uh, guys that are still out there, just as an FYI for the quarterbacks, Alex Smith, who I have a feeling he will be signed after the draft to mentor some quarterback. Um, that's how I have a feeling what he will end up doing if he plays. Nick Mullins is still out there. Um, he'll be a backup somewhere. He showed, he showed enough that he belongs on a roster when he was with the 49ers. Better uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Eh, he's not. <laughs> I, mean, I had to get it out one last time. I know you had to get it out one last time, and I know that's what you were doing, which is why I didn't get mad at you. 
He's not. Uh, not saying Garoppolo's good, but uh, uh, come on, man. I still think about that that pass to the linebacker in the Eagles. Oh game. my god! Like, what are you doing, Nick? He was just <laughs> that was the worst intercept. There. That was the worst interception I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's. I only remember about four or five things from the 49er season, and one of them was that. The other one is a Brandon Ayuk uh, when he leaped over the guy. Mm-hmm. This is the same game. I didn't even yeah. realize that. That, that, was, oh, that was the same game. That's yeah. Yeah. The Nick Mullins thing th- filled me with such rage that I forgot that the Brandon Ayuk thing, which was probably the play of the year for the Niners, was in that same game. <laughs> well, that had to be one of the top 10 all-time plays. Not all-time plays, but 2020 plays. Yeah, of the season. Yeah, it was an incredible play, but it was just like, I forgot it was in that game. But yeah, that Nick Mullins... Well, I guess for the for the Eagles, that was a top 10 play, that Nick Mullins pick six that sealed the game for them, but good <laughs> God. All right, running back. So I want to talk about the running backs because I don't think these are guys that will necessarily be particularly fantasy relevant, but I do think these are guys that are going to blow up some, some running back rooms. And real quick, I just want to go, you know, gut instinct, where you think these guys might end up. Um, so we got... Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson, who we don't have to talk about him, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, and also out there is Wayne Gallman and Frank Gore. I think the guys that we really have to worry about blowing up backfields are Gurley, Bell, Conner, and to a lesser extent, Duke Johnson. So um, we'll start with... Uh, well, with... Gore retired. He retired? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm calling BS. Frank Gore will never retire. Yeah, he signed with the 49ers and retired. What? I think it was yesterday or the day before. How did I miss this? Frank Gore. What the heck? What the heck? All right. Well, not Frank Gore. Then that's one less. That's that's going to save uh, save uh, uh, eight carries for some for some running back <laughs> um, somewhere. So I'll delete him. Um, so I think the big the big one I think that um, we should talk about that will blow up a backfield somewhere as I think. Some team will still think Le'Veon Bell has something in the tank. What's up? What I, I'm trying to just think. Where do we think Lev Bell ends up? Uh, Jesus, I don't know. Um, the easy answer is Houston because that's where all washed-up running backs end up. Right. I mean, I honestly thought he might end up in Houston for like a couple of years ago. But I mean, at this point, I just I guess somebody maybe Carolina. Carolina is a good option. I was thinking yeah, high end backup. I was thinking Tennessee. That could be as well, because they do need to pick up some of those lost targets and they can mm-hmm. dump those off to Bell because he's still a, a reliable receiver out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, ten- Tennessee, Carolina. Um, let me think. I mean, maybe, the, maybe the Rams. They're that's not a bad option. I was. I thinking, mean, I, they have Henderson, but he's not a great pass catcher. He's a good runner, but he's not a great pass catcher. I was thinking the Rams would probably go more. My answer for where Duke Johnson was going to end up was going to be the Rams. I, that's possible. Just, just in like a pure pass catcher role for them. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And so Lev Bell. Um, they're the another team that I was thinking for Lev Bell is the uh, Arizona retirement community. They got Chase Edmonds oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Arizona needs a running... They need running back depth. They have Chase Edmonds That's... and Eno Benjamin. Jonathan Ward, Central Michigan. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Le'Veon Bell ends up there or James Conner ends up in Arizona. But um, Conner would be good for them. That would that would make a lot of sense because, honestly, he's a better football player than Kenyon Drake is. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, if he can stay on the field. 
Right, but Edmonds, I mean, he and Edmonds would split that right down the middle. Yeah, no, I, th- I think one of Bell or Connor ends up in, in Arizona. Um, nice. and, and here's the sad part. Does Todd Gurley end up anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, I could see him on the Chargers. The Chargers? They have enough running backs. Yeah, but they're all bad. Like, so is Todd <laughs> Gurley, but, like, he's better. Todd Gurley's better than Josh Kelly, and they seem to hate Justin Jackson for reasons I can't understand. And you know what? The, like I talked about earlier, the lifeline is there. Because they brought over Rams, uh, a bunch of Rams coaches with um, right. What's, what's the head? Staley? Thank you, uh, with Staley. So yeah, he could end up with the Chargers, be back in LA. That's an interesting, interesting outcome. Um, is uh, is Adrian Peterson going to end up anywhere? I mean, I I have a weird like uh, conspiracy theory that Peterson has like serious gambling debts, and that's why he refuses to retire. Yeah, I was thinking he just made a lot of bad uh, investments, but gambling yeah. is, is a good call, too. So I, I think he'll sign with somebody. I could easily see him filling the random old running back guy that the Jets always have. That's that's not a bad option. Um, actually, you know what? I was thinking he wouldn't be bad for uh, the backup role in Tennessee. I'm, I guess same, I'm locking he, he, every back to Tennessee. Well, he's the same kind of like pounder type runner. But yeah. the problem is that they need a backup who can actually catch the football. And Peterson is so bad at that. Oh, no, I'm not saying is the, the, the I'm saying a pure backup role to Derrick Henry, not a not a that he fills any other role. So then they would just use Darrington Evans as the occasional pass catcher or, you know, practice. Sorry, squad do they still have Jeremy Nichols? I don't know. Uh, I think they still have Jeremy McNichols. Um, uh, Evan, any? Do you want to weigh in on any of this? Thank you, Evan. Uh, <laughs> I hope we don't go ruining. Sorry, my kids just came home and they are a mess. Uh, okay. I hope they don't go ruining some good running back that I really fell in love with. Hey, when that happened. Yeah, no, they're gonna. There, there's a lot of people right now who are are getting hyped over Chase Edmonds, who aren't realizing that teams like to add players to the backfield. They like to add teams to their or players to their roster. Teams and like I, to add teams to their teams. They do like to add teams to their teams because that's the best way to get a team is if you I add mean, a team to your team. I like Chase Edmonds as a football player. Uh, oh, yeah. I have him as running back 22 right now because yeah. some they're gonna add somebody. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's gonna be the same thing where people are getting too high on they're going to get too high on chase Edmonds, and then we're going to have the james robinson effect where as soon as any random guy signs the sky starts falling yeah yeah so um so all right let's talk about wide receivers uh antonio so, brown before, before you oh, get on I, antonio brown i looked it up and it, nothing says anything about frank gore retiring so thank you twitter for fooling me once again ah uh, i think you did you see the scott simpson frank gore resigns with the 49ers and retires Maybe that's what I saw. Yeah, because he was something. He was quote tweeting a thing that says, "Send me a tweet from 2073." <laughs> okay, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, now let's talk about Antonio Brown. Um, I saw him rumored to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, makes which, sense. which sure, but they're they're really building a, a particular culture there if they sign Antonio Brown. Yeah. 
after bringing in Jordan Peterson a few years ago and signing Frank Clark. That's a that's that's an interesting culture they're building. Thinking that uh, Russell Wilson can keep it in line. So well, what do you guys? Frank think? Clark's on the Chiefs now, but no, I'm saying that they 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 brought him in after all the allegations. It's yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the front office is building a particular culture, which is do whatever you want as long as you oh yeah, they don't they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I know Frank Clark, Clark's on the Chiefs. He replaced uh, D Ford, who has been but for the 49ers. Um, uh, so, yeah, Antonio Brown back with the Bucks, Seahawks mystery team. I uh, don't think he ends up back with the Bucks because Tom Brady, I think, has uh, decided that Scotty Miller is his new best friend. Um, okay. Not that Miller's fantasy relevant, particularly, but I just I just don't feel like the Bucks are going to feel like they need to bring him back when they've got Miller. And Tyler Johnson's not that bad either. Plus, they've got a million tight ends, so they just don't need Brown. Uh, Seattle makes sense. Um, they, they need a third receiver to soak up occasional targets because David Moore's in Carolina now doing that. Uh, I mean, Green Bay, maybe. Oh, that's not a bad call. Green Bay famously they, needs a wider receiver. Yeah, because they could just stick him in the slot and I, but I, I don't know. I mean, they like their receivers to block. Uh, Brown's not going to do that. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I could see some circus team signing. Like I could see Dallas signing him just because like for no reason. Just, just because, yeah, that's true. Dallas is always the wild card for these names. Um, and you mentioned green Bay. I actually think the next guy is a good, good fit for green Bay, golden Tate. But, um, Mike, Mike, what do you think about this Antonio, um, Brown situation? Where, Where do you think he ends up? I, I do believe he ends up back with Tampa Bay, uh, okay. but um, yeah, I, I think I, I like the Green Bay call too as well. So it, he's going to be on a bay where where <laughs> he's, he's going to dock himself on the bay somewhere. Mike, he's going to sign with San Francisco, and Mike's going to be like, "I was technically correct." <laughs> yeah, I held it still. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I I think I'm giving Evan the rest of the episode off because he just said his kids are going haywire. So, uh, you you can just stay quiet, deal with the kids, Evan. Uh, Golden Tate. Just where do we think he's going? We don't have to give a lot of explanation. I think Green Bay is a good fit. They need a you know a solid middle of the field catcher. Let Devonte Adams work downfield, um, and uh, go with uh, Robert Tunyon there in the in the in the short range. Uh, I'll I'll go with Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah, that's not a, actually that's 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 a better call. I like Tennessee better than Green Bay. Shoot. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this out. All right, so I three two one. <laughs> I think Golden Tate's going to Tennessee. <laughs> I agree. All right, there we go. Mike, what do you think? I do tinkle and and I do believe Tennessee. All right, um, Larry Fitzgerald. I think he retires. Oh yeah, for sure. Mike, I, where does Golden Tate end up? Golden Tate, Golden Tate's a slot receiver. Why not Indianapolis? You just want to have all the wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald retires. Alan Lazard, where does he go? Back to Green Bay. Yeah, I think Green Bay is the likeliest. They like him. They like him more than any. I think they like him more than every other team in the NFL combined. He's just, he's like, he's uh, like you said, Scotty Miller's uh, Tom Brady's best uh, friend. Uh, no, 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 no. Lazard's a much better player than Scotty Miller. I'm not saying that he's Scotty Miller. I'm saying he is Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Oh, so yeah. Rodgers Rogers likes him. Yeah. As long as Rodgers wants him around, he will be around. That's what, that's what I was saying. Oh, I wasn't yeah, saying he was Scotty Miller. No, 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 no. What about Fitzgerald to Cincinnati to replace A.J. Green? <laughs> 
do they have to have a washed guy on their roster? Is that a yeah, is that I a requirement? I think it's a requirement. <laughs> uh, I. I could see Lazard going to Cincinnati if he, for some reason, didn't go back to Green Bay. Maybe. Yeah, I just, I, that's the thing is, I, I don't see him going anywhere but Green Bay. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's not like they're, they're, it's not like they have too many wide receivers and there's a squeeze for him to be out. And, um, like I said, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, I think he'll have a roster spot in Green Bay. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, tight ends, uh, Mike, your boy, Tyler Eifert, where does he go? Yeah, Eifert, I love that dude. Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, of course. All right, George. Uh, um, Walker, where do you think Tyler Eifert ends up? Uh, back in Cincinnati. Back in Cincinnati. Not a, not a bad answer. Uh, what about Jordan Reed? Where does he go, Walker? Indianapolis. <laughs> Mike's just gonna say Indianapolis for everybody. Rams. Rams. All right, all right, all right. That's not a bad call, Mike. Do you, are you just gonna say Indianapolis for everybody? Yeah, uh, yeah. Trey Burton back to Indianapolis. Jake Butt takes his butt to Indianapolis. Takes it to Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Butt was a joke inclusion on this list just because he has a great name. Uh, uh, Trey Burton. <laughs> Jake Butt? Um, Trey Burton. Where, where's he going? I think he stays in Indianapolis. I think he found a good home there. I agree, actually. Yeah. So non-jokingly, Mike, I think Trey Burton goes back to Indy. I agree with that. I think they liked him. They kept trying to get him the ball. They kept running the weird goal line jet sweep with him, and I didn't understand why they were doing that with the tight end. They, yeah, Frank Rick really likes to to use him in those special packages. So it would be, it would be someone like uh, Zach Ertz to come there, or they'll resign Trey Burton. Yeah, and for Jordan Reed, I think that there's going to be. Uh, I think he will go to the Seahawks. To fill that old washed tight end role that they love so much between right, I mean, Jim, right. Jimmy Graham and, and Greg Olson and now Jordan Reed. So I think the Seahawks are a good fit for him. I want one more round of making fun of people for getting too hyped about Jordan Reed. I, I missed that. I, I wasn't complete with that. Okay, then put him on. Uh, let me see. Put him on Philly. No. Let Zach Ertz leave and, and, and Carolina. Because they don't pass the tight end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Cincinnati. Yeah, maybe. Been, yeah, people have been tricking themselves into thinking Cincy tight ends are a thing for a long time. What about Baltimore? Uh, I don't think there's going to be enough targets for him in Baltimore. Probably not. Yeah. Oh, I know. Same division. Easy Tennessee. answer. Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, Tennessee is a good answer, too. Pittsburgh's the easy answer. Vance McDonald e- retired. Ebron. People. It's Jordan Reed, Eric Ebron basically the same person at this point one no, gets hurt all the time though i was gonna say ebron at least doesn't get hurt all the time yeah i was gonna say one gets hurt all the time so he's i think ten- tennessee actually makes sense because reed fits fills the athletic tight end role and then people would be like oh well i mean hey yeah johnny smith we thought he was gonna be a thing maybe jordan reed will be a thing vacated targets uh... <laughs> we're gonna let's copy paste jordan reed into this unnecessary hype train for tennessee tight ends let's do it all right Speaking of doing it, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Football Podcast. Look at that transition, folks. I don't know players' names, but I can transition. We will be back next week in the Patreon feed, and I think we'll start talking about the draft. I think we've we've tapped everything else out, so we have to start arguing about uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields some more. So I'm reacting with the uh, the screaming basketball coach gif <laughs> you gotta tell me i can't, could not find that in giphy i was trying to use that the other day and i could not find it 
Uh, I I typed, I think, basketball coach yelling. Okay. I think I I tried screaming. I think that's why I couldn't find it. So, all right. That's enough of that. For Mike, for Evan, for Walker, this is Jeff. Take care, and you have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.